welcome back to another episode of my podcast where we talk about famous ecosystems in our world. Today we have a very special guest with us, so why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Dr. Mooney. I'm an ecosystem journalist. So today I'll be asking you some questions about the Great Barrier Reef. Sounds good to me. Okay, to start off, let's get some background information, including the key features of the Great Bear Reef. So we'll get to know a bit about this ecosystem. So the reef is located off the coast of Queensland, Australia, in the Coral Sea and is one of the major marine biomes. Although it is a small biome, around 25% of the known marine species live in coral reefs. Much of the Great Barrier Reef is a marine protected area, managed by the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority of Australia. Speaking of wow, did you know that the Great Barrier Reef covers 348,700 kilometers squared of the coastal area? The climate of this magnificent reef is a tropical zone, with warm temperate winters and high humidity in the summers. The reef, which is large enough to be visible from space, is made up of nearly 3,000 individual reefs. The Great Barrier Reef is home to more than 1,500 species of fish, 411 types of hard coral, and one third of the world's soft corals. As well as that, there are 134 species of shark and rays, more than 30 species of marine animals, including the vulnerable dugong, and six of the world's seven species of threatened marine turtles, and so much more. Because there are so many species within the Great Barrier Reef, it's hard to say what species are the most major, but the bosses of the reef, being the apex predators, are the sharks, which include tiger sharks, hammerheads, and bull sharks, etc. On the other hand, we have the producers, and they include plants like zooplankton, seaweeds, sponges, algae, marine worms, phytoplankton, plankton, and so much more. All the other species lay between the producers and the apex predators, being the primary consumers, secondary consumers, etc. So why don't we look at a food chain? An example starts off with marine algae as the producer. The giant clam eats the algae, which follows onto the box jellyfish as the secondary consumer, feeding on the giant clam. Then the sea turtle eats the box jellyfish, and then the tiger shark consumes the turtle. There we have it! That's one of the many food chains. But if we look closer or in more depth, we can notice that the sea turtle also feeds on plankton, and that creates a whole new food chain with completely different animals. 
Every organism in the Great Barrier Reef is linked to another organism and creates thousands upon thousands of different food chains. very good question and to answer it there has been a lot of changes to the Great Barrier Reef because as you mentioned humans do tend to impact our ecosystems. Us humans have caused major threats to coral reefs and this includes pollution, overfishing, collecting live corals for the aquarium market, mining coral for building materials and a warming climate. But the main two ways are from pollution and climate change. Let's go into more depth with this. Pollution. When some pollutants enter the water, it creates damage to not only the corals but to other animals and plants that live under the sea. The Great Barrier Reef is also affected by leaking fuels, paints, coatings, petroleum and other chemicals that enter the water which all fall under the category of pollution. Especially when people litter, all of those materials they're going into the ocean and in specific the Great Barrier Reef and all this plastic, you know, um, styrofoam, everything, it's going inside of these animals' homes and then when it makes contact with it, it eventually kills them or it dam damages their, like, habitat. Not only is it litter, but it's also petroleum and oil spills. Petroleum spills do not appear to affect corals directly because the oil usually stays near the surface of the water and most of it evaporates into the atmosphere within days. However, if an oil spill occurs while corals are spawning, oil pollution can disrupt the reproductive success of corals, making them vulnerable to other types of disturbances. So overall, pollution with all of its subcategories individually makes a big impact on the corals, the animals and everything in general. But if we move on to the next main reason, we have climate change, which is a very big problem today. Increased greenhouse gases from activities like burning of fossil fuels for heat and energy and deforestation cause ocean temperatures to rise, change storm patterns and contribute to sea level rise. All of these changes lead to more coral bleaching, increased storm destruction, and more. When coral gets bleached from um, the climate change and the different things that come from it, it's very hard for the coral to eventually grow back to its colors and live its proper life. Most of the time it dies. But not only do these problems like pollution and climate change affect the plants and the corals, it also affects the food webs and the animals. For example, let's take the other food chain that we used for the previous question. So the organism like marine algae, if it dies out because let's say pollution, the giant clam, which is the primary consumer, would have lost one of its major food sources. The giant clam would then rely on another food source and eventually that food source that they're relying on will die out because if too many animals eat the same thing, it'll, you know, be extinct. And then the giant clam wouldn't have anything to eat. 
And obviously, if there's nothing to eat over a period of time, it will starve and die. And then once the giant clam dies, the box jellyfish would have lost one of its major energy sources. And this all follows into a pattern until tiger sharks for the specific food chain. But then again, if you look closer, one organism can be linked to about, for example, 30 different food chains. And that would cause many, 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 many other animals to die, including the, um, all of the consumers, the apex predators, the producers, everything will die out. And that just shows how vital it is for us to take care of our environment and especially our seas because if we want to live and we want these animals to thrive, we need to make a change. In the previous question, is there any way for us to help recover the damages that us humans have created to the Great Barrier Reef? Well, the biggest yet simplest thing us humans can do to recover is to not litter and to be environmentally active. And this includes using products that don't harm the slash animals, to prevent oil spills and many things like that. And I guess overall, it's the smaller things that make the biggest impact. But not only would it improve the overall health of the Great Barrier Reef, but it will also help the food webs to run freely and go back to its original systems. episode and tune in for next Wednesday where we uncover the Amazon forest.